0: Do you know, this arrived today, this this a CD arrived today from Switzerland. Mm. And I have a friend of mine, Sean, in Switzerland. So I don't speak to him often or anything like that. I've, I've met him at a few radio do's and bits and pieces. And this CD arrived and I opened it up and there's a picture of me. And my oh, I know finger, the one I in I the think. black dress? Yeah, in the black dress. Yeah, yeah. Caramel yeah. and Black Dress. And Michael shoes. Yep. <laughs> God, I'm such a label queen. And um, <laughs> I have to make sure the images that I first put out... Um, uh, you know, people saw them, and you know they accepted what they saw. But now I'm putting images of me with no makeup on and stuff like that on Facebook because I want to bear all. I want to show people that I'm just normal. Mm-hmm. But uh, the CD arrived, and the cover they've used on the CD is the picture of me against the wall, mm-hmm. and it says Stephanie Hurst Radio ID One.
1: Stephanie Hurst,
0: woo! <laughs> they got me a little jingle,
2: and I'm like, yay! <laughs> that, in fact, that's the world premiere. You know, and all your friends that. are such massive nerds. That's great. I know, it's like <laughs> Stephanie Hurst.
0: Hiya. And on the back, it says, Hursty's hours. She's brave and made a brilliant success of her career. Long may that continue in her new, hopefully much happier life.
2: I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is the Nitty Gritty Committee conversations about the guts and the glory of life.
1: Now, for most of his life, DJ Simon Hurst had a secret until he decided he could no longer
2: live a lie. So finally, after years of torment, Simon decided to tell the truth. He's becoming a woman. And Stephanie Hurst, and look at Stephanie, joins me now. Beautiful girl. Thank you very much. It's so lovely to see you. It's good
1: to meet you as well. It really is great to see you.
2: There was a little snippet from a daytime talk show in the UK called Lorraine. And the lady who hosts it is called Lorraine. And she was very quick to support today's guest, Stephanie Hurst. As Lorraine quite rightly says, Stephanie had made quite a name for herself as a radio DJ in England. Although the name she'd made wasn't Stephanie, it was Simon, because she used to be a man. Stephanie chose to come out to her industry on a very serious news program called BBC Live. Here she is chatting with Stephen Nolan.
0: Imagine someone poking you in the arm constantly, just tapping you like that. And it's like that every single day. The minute, from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep, it was always there. The thought was there in my head, constantly. I'd drive home in the car, I'd be driving on the M1, and I, I just, I could, honestly, I could have just turned the wheel into the central reservation. I didn't, of course. Or I would, I'd scream, going, Ah! Make it stop! Or I'd, I remember sitting in my kitchen, rocking, backwards and forwards going, just make this stop, make it stop, go away, leave me alone. And I felt like she was eating me up inside. And So you would scream out loud? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They're not shocking words, but if anybody listening to this thinks about this, mm. to actually scream out loud on your own, yeah. it's a pretty profound, deep thing to do, actually. Yeah.
2: Listening back to the torture in her voice in that interview makes it all the more incredible to hear the joy with which she's living now. Listen to this.
0: I'd done the interview on the Thursday. We aired it on the Saturday. So I had a couple of days of knowing that this was going out. Um, And then they they aired it on the Saturday night, and then they rerun it again on the Sunday night. (laughs) So this is a national talk station in the UK and then on the Tuesday I was sat in front of the entire radio industry of people who are very important the powers that be talking about my you know my uh, my transition so it was very 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 quick
2: and your joy though in my mind it had taken 30 years yeah yeah your joy was is so palpable though in that in that interview yeah, I just I, I, it felt really kind of kind of
0: euphoric set on that stage because I, I you know when you're on stage and for people that have never been on stage actually when you're there you can't really see about you see about two or three rows back and that's about your lot really, mm-hmm. um so yeah, the the entire um room was packed full of radio delegates and there was a lot of people in that room who spoke to me afterwards and I didn't realise they were there and I was like oh and and they were being everyone's just been so lovely so adorable. But i' I'm finding a little bit that people are, and this is this is the little this is the sad part of the story that people are starting to miss Simon, yeah, and and I'm only finding that now like a month and a bit later that people are starting to talk to me and be very honest about the fact that, you know, yeah, we do kind of miss him being around, but, you know, we're, we're happy for you and you're, you're still a massive part of our lives. So um, so I'm st- I am still—I don't want to lose what re- what made me me. Do you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. want to get into a point where I'm kind of creating a caricature of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm still me.
2: But you went off air, off your breakfast show, hugely successful re- breakfast show, Hersy's Daily Dose with Danny and Jojo. I've been listening to the yeah. podcast. You've always been incredibly successful. It's not like people didn't know you were excellent at what you did. Everyone knew you were brilliant. You are brilliant. And so that's what you were putting on the line.
0: Yeah, all of that. I I do I do the show in the morning. I'd do the morning show I'd come back home and I'd literally if I wasn't busy I tried to keep myself busy mm. because anyone who is um, who's dealing with something be it um, their sexuality or being transgender or anything or a relationship uh, that's breaking down it tends to play on your mind a hell of a lot and it tends to eat you away especially if you're transgender or you're dealing with your sexuality because gender and sexuality are completely two different things but they are connected in some respects and the way I see them connected is the fact that it's the mental anguish it can calls you and I'd come home from doing the morning show and if I wasn't busy I'd just sit with my head in my hands and I'd just wander around all day just wanting to just turn my life off wow. and it got to a point where I was it was for me it's, it's as blunt as this it was death or transition.
2: So you're spending your was... mornings being hilarious laughing with your co-hosts mm. and, then, mm. and then oftentimes you're going home and putting your head in your hands and thinking I either want to die or I want to transition
0: I knew I, I knew I always wanted to transition. But were I you not sure even, which
2: one you could do?
0: Um, I, I think I just had to be prepared to lose everything. There was a, a lady um, um, who transitioned quite a few years ago, a friend of mine, and uh, I had dinner with her and she just started transitioning. And I think that was in about 2003, something like that. 2003, Ooh. yeah. And I remember us, us sitting over dinner and I was dressed female at that point because I'd go out. I would. I've always gone out. Oh, from completely from being a kid. Um, And I'll come on to that in a second. But I remember her sitting opposite me and saying, you have to be able to risk losing everything. And I don't think at that point, I've always loved radio. Radio has always been in my blood. It's what I do. It's my profession. I love broadcasting. I love entertaining. Um, I love hosting. It's what I do. I'm a broadcaster and an entertainer. Uh, So for me back then, if I couldn't do that, and I just uh, a couple of years beforehand got onto the morning show ladder. So um, for me, it was, you know, to lose that so soon. I'd just got a new job at a station called Galaxy and everything was really starting to get going for me and she'd said you have to be prepared to lose everything and I don't think I was I think I retreated back into my little hole of of the closet and still just going out occasionally and when I say occasionally you know once a month twice a month so I was quite active in the fact that I had to be myself Mm. because if I wasn't myself it would really get me down and there was no kind of there was nothing that was ever any fetish led or any excitement or anything sexual to do with dressing or anything like that because on the trans scale you know you've got uh, at one end the spectrum, transgender, gender dysphoria, at the other end, you've got transvesticism, um, which I always think, am I saying it right? Because it's dysysism. And um And I always kind of, yeah, I, and, and so on that spectrum, I knew very much that I was at, you know, the gender dysphoria level. Yeah. Um, but I, I was in fear of doing something about it. And I'd spoken to friends and and partners, my girlfriends over the over the years and, and was just very honest with them and the fact that, you know, this used to get me down occasionally, but I won't transition and, you know, I'll just deal with it. But I knew deep down inside, I think even when I, you know, when you're about 15, 16 years old, you start to sign for things, don't you? Mm-hmm. And um, even when I did my signature at 15, 16 years old, I made it in a particular way that even when I did change my name to Stephanie. I wouldn't have to change my signature. Wow! Oh, wow. So even that's going way, 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 way back. And I'm 39 now, so that, yeah, so that's about 1990. Gosh, that's 91. such a long
2: time to wait, isn't it?
0: Oh, God, hell yeah, yeah. But my career just to me, and you'll know that yourself, you know, from performing and entertaining, it is. It's like a drug.
2: Yeah, and I can't imagine having anything else in my life that was so powerful that, that I felt like I had to choose or, you know, that would prevent... Mm me from moving forward I mean how many of your friends knew that you were at the very least cross-dressing regularly
0: um not many friends really when you say girlfriends
2: did you mean romantic girlfriends I mean yeah romantic girlfriends yeah but I
0: never saw it as I never saw it as cross-dressing I always saw it as being authentic I always saw it as being me yeah um but you would tell
2: girlfriends uh, love interests that this was part of you
0: yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And some relationships it ended and some, you know, I was with a girl for for 13 years and she was just, she accepted all of it and she was, she was fantastic. She, I don't think she ever saw me. Ah. I don't think she did. I'm not sure if she ever did. Cause she, she, you know, she, we'd speak during the day if she was at work and I'd say what my code was, I'm going to have a bit of a play tonight. Ah. And for me, that was, you know, it was, it was almost like a... I don't know why I called it a play, like playtime. It wasn't playtime. It was just being authentic. And it's just, if it was just me sat watching telly or nipping to the local shopping centre or doing something. And then, because in the area where I'm from, and, and Yorkshire being the biggest county in the UK... Um, I've done lots of profile stuff around here, so you know, I, I did get recognized quite a bit and it was very risky for me to go out, I suppose as me. but when people saw me who uh, who knew and saw me in private or whatever, they just they said I didn't look anything like my former male self.
2: Barnsley is a very tough town. Yeah yeah. So can we talk it about is, yeah. the feelings of all of those things combined Of walking out your door as your authentic self But but years ago, before anyone else knew A, you're famous as hell B, you're in Barnsley, which is a very tough town What are the feelings as you're moving around the shops? Um, are you terrified? First of all
0: but well, first of all, um, freedom and and relief because I'm out and I'm 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 just operating as in my mind as any normal woman would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, the fear of am I going to get recognised? Is anyone going to clock me? Because anyone who is transgender will know you'll have that feeling of am I getting clocked? The weird thing now is that <laughs> gets me is the fact that. If I get recognised in the street, I've I've been clocked, but I've cl- I've put myself out there, so yeah. I'm getting clocked. If you know what I mean, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm kind of thinking. I'm thinking. Hang on a minute. I'm getting clocked. Oh yeah. I've, oh yeah. I've, of course. I've forgotten because for all those years, yeah. it was obviously it was just me, and only I knew if I was out that you know it was me.
2: Well, that must be but a hard I habit sh- to break for so many years. fearing that yeah, look of recognition, and yeah, now yeah, got to remind yourself every and time now get it's, in okay. It. it's okay.
0: I get hooked in the streets. Oh. People stopping, chatting to me. Yeah, I hosted a, a, a an awards ceremony which is called Proud of Barnsley, um, and I did it on Friday night with a lady actually who I um, who I first met when I was about twelve years old. She worked at a radio station in Leeds that I worked for, Radio Air, and she was the boss there. And I was remember her. she was the one of the youngest actual radio bosses in the UK at the time. She was 25, 26, running Ooh. this radio station, and it's quite a big station. And uh, I remember her being very dominance and walking up and down shouting at people in bare feet. Always remember that with her heels off. And um, and then she went on to be a very successful uh, very successful um, TV host uh, on on a nightly news programme that we'd had here. So I hosted this with this lady called Krista Ackroyd. And um, to be still across from Krista as my true self in front of an entire ballroom full of people from Barnsley who were there to collect their awards and local dignitaries and people like that was just amazing. I had to pinch myself sometimes. Times yeah. during Friday night. So everyone's just taken, Every it's it's almost like they've gone into a protection mode mm. a little bit and everyone's just, it's, it, it's awesome, it's amazing. I, I just, I can't believe it. And then on Saturday night I'd been out, uh, had some drinks for a friend's birthday and then on uh, Sunday, been done a little bit of shopping during the day and then in the evening got home, collapsed on the sofa, put a little bit of TV on, fell asleep and then woke up about an hour, an hour and a half later, and just looked at the bags in front of me and thought, I bought those today. Wow. And I've just been out and they're there and I can wear them tomorrow and I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to hide them away. I'm just, I'm just me. And Bags of beautiful women's clothes. clothes. Yeah, bags of clothes that I just bought, you know, what the mm. odd bits, is a little bit of makeup and stuff. But mm. just... Just normal, just being normal, and that it just felt it felt amazing. So I sat there looking at them for a couple of minutes, as you as I woke up, kind of a bit bleary eyed, and um, thought, Do you know what, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky. And there has been a few haters on Facebook, but I'm, I must just say, out of the what, hundred fifty, hundred sixty thousand people I've got on Facebook. And forty odd thousand on Twitter. Um, the, it's literally been not 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 point one percent of people that have been nasty, and the ones that I have, I've you know occasionally, if it's been worth it, I've given a, I've given them a put down back as well, because mm-hmm. someone um, someone did say, oh god, look at the size of those hands. I went, yeah, almost about almost about the same size as my cock. So you know, you've sometimes you've got to fight fire with fire. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, so, so just sometimes you have. <laughs> And then they deleted their comment. Uh.
2: Yes! <laughs> Woo! It's incredible to think just how recently Stephanie became a woman and how much new stuff is going on in Stephanie's life. Even the most mundane of plans must sometimes lead to incredible epiphanies for Stephanie.
0: Um, I've been tonight to see my dad and his partner, John, and... Um... Uh, we watched a movie on Netflix, mm-hmm. and we had some <laughs> we had some food, and then I went to the local uh, a local bar that my dad goes to, a local pub, and um, met all of his friends in there for the first time. They've met, they've known me for years, so these you know these these guys in their sixties, yeah. and uh, they were all very welcoming, and everyone was just just brilliant. And I got in the car thinking, wow. <laughs> I just have these little, these, these things that happen every single day, these, these new kind of triumphs inside my head. I could never imagine of walking in that pub mm. and facing everyone. But I just did. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just me. I'm just me.
2: <laughs> and I'm proud to be me. Uh, did you expect to be as pretty as you are? Because looking at Hursty, I saw Simon Hurst. That is, I saw a really butch radio guy. You know, shaven head, uh, those you know classic jeans that radio guys wear, and yeah. you know sleeves rolled up to the elbow. And I saw a really masculine dude. And then when I see Stephanie, you're you're very pretty. Did, were you relieved at how pretty you are? <laughs>
0: But I don't know, I, I still look in the mirror and I still see a guy and I think oh, that no, no. It is, yeah, that's, it's kind of, because I've had 39 years of, mm. of, um of that. In fact, do you know what, actually, earlier tonight I saw, I was, I talked about Netflix a second ago and I was just setting up my dad's Netflix for him on his Apple TV. I'm dropping brands left, right that's and center here, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I was putting the password in and I could, because the screen is black on Apple TV, when you put in the password in and, you, and your username, I could see my reflection and it, it shocked me a little bit because I saw my reflect. I just saw a woman and that, wow. that happened tonight for the first time. It caught my, it, it caught my reflect. I caught my reflection in the TV mm. and I was like, oh God, and then went up to the toilet to have a look in the mirror. And
2: did you just see her and, again uh, up there.
0: A little bit, a little bit. It's it's changing bit by bit. I don't know what, I'm I'm thinking, do I have a little bit of facial surgery, but I don't want to rush anything. I'm just going to literally see what the hormones do. I've been on hormones. Mm. So 11 months I've been on hormones and they've made a huge difference so far. Um, I had lost quite a bit of weight beforehand. Uh, not that I was ever really big. I got fat in my breakfast show days, in my morning show days, just from, you know what it's like. Yeah. You can really, you can you can eat rubbish in the morning, can you? And yeah. we did that spectacularly. Pies some days.
2: Oh, you can and have pizza um, and donuts before 8 a.m. Oh, yeah, completely.
0: You know. Exactly, yeah. And, um, and which, that confuses the staff that come in. Yeah. They come into work at 9 o'clock and see you eating, eating curry, for instance. Yeah. Which we, we we vet from time to time, and that confused people when they're tucking into their cornflakes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, okay. yeah, I kind of like I stopped eating as much and just generally tried to be more healthier. And I'd done that about five or six years ago. And then I knew I was transitioning. I knew this was going to happen, so I had to lose some weight. I wasn't particularly stocky. I'm only five foot seven and a half. I'm a size seven and a half shoe. Um, I'm I'm not particularly big built. I'm very. I'm very slim, um, but I'm starting to get curves in the right places and the hips. Breast development has started, wow. so I'm like an A cup. Um, my-
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.
0: Skin is all soft and, yeah, and the, it doesn't change your facial hair. Now, I was, I was very, um I was very lucky that I'd not gone really grey on my beard area. Mm-hmm. But so I had the majority of it all lasered off. Uh, but I still I, I was a little bit salt and pepper underneath. Mm-hmm. So I've got a little bit every two days I just have to shave it a little bit. But
2: once you hit 40, love, most ladies have to do a little bit of plucking and shaving. So that's very
0: interesting that you know I never had those kind of conversations with 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 women before. And because I've kind of been I've been I've been invited and yeah. accepted into the club a little bit, I'm having conversations about stuff that I never was ever privy to. And um, the other day, I was in I was in a, a uh, in a store uh, buy, buying tampons with my friend. I've never done that before, <laughs> ever. Ever, yeah. I've never been. I've never been privy to the conversation of how heavy <laughs> she is at this moment in time. And these, these, these are conversations that I've never, I've, yeah. I've never been part of. But now I am, and it's kind of a little weird in some respects. But it feels right.
2: I'm Michelle Laurie, and you are right in the middle of the nitty gritty committee. Thank you for downloading. Well, the tr- transition you're going through is a transition that most of us go through at sort of twelve or thirteen. And if we're lucky, exactly, we have yeah. Yeah. a sister or a, or an older friend or somebody to help us with that. Do you have women helping you with your transition?
0: Oh god, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. so lucky to have to have so many wonderful friends. A lot of them actually have been former partners.
2: Yeah great. Um,
0: <laughs> which is which is great. So I've never if I've made friends, I've made them forever. And you know, we all have our inner circle. But even ones on the periphery have, have all been absolutely amazing and offered help. But for years, I've been just watching what women do, how they walk, how they talk. Mm. I and mean, I need to work on my voice a little bit. Um, it's not where I want it to be. But does that really matter? But I don't really want to get. I don't want to. I don't want people not to be able to hear me. If you If you know yeah, what I mean, not absolutely. him, but but me. I don't want to completely get rid of it totally so I still need a little bit of depth there I still need my accent there yeah um but I've just softened it and it's just about resonance and pitch and stuff like that
1: and
2: you don't need to go um, further than you need to go because I think that must be a really hard uh, balance to strike you know the hardest part is knowing when to walk away as they say about painting yeah. a picture or something you know and many years ago I worked as a receptionist in a transsexual brothel and there were some young girls there who were so beautiful breathtakingly beautiful but couldn't stop changing altering and they would do things like have their their bones in their skull shaved down to be more feminine which also made them thinner and was really dangerous yeah. and you know dangerous. so that, yeah you you need you need to know that you're really really great looking right now and you sound great as a person who didn't know you were Simon you sound like a lady to me and you certainly look like a lady to me
0: Oh, thank you. It's weird sitting in front of a microphone like this. Yes, yeah. um <laughs> I'm so used to opening the mic and going in a male voice whatever, echo and blah blah blah. Yep. I'm so used to doing all that. And um it's weird sitting in front of the mic and then the first words I utter are are a different sound in my head. So I have to get used to that. But I'm very lucky that I have a studio in my house. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty probably much identical to the probably one you're sat in right now Mm -hmm. in some respects. And um, I can do anything from this studio here. Um, But I I built this and I've always had a studio in one of my bedrooms. You are such a
2: massive radio nerd. I can't believe it. Nerd.
0: Utter nerd. (laughs) Utter nerd. But from being a kid, my dad was in bands in the 60s, 70s and 80s. He was a lead singer and a guitarist in a band. Um, So I grew up around equipment and amplifiers and he used to repair TVs During the day. So um, they also had an audio department. So he used to get me turntables, record plates, and I used to make studios in my bedroom. Now, these weren't makeshift studios. This wasn't actually an all right, I've got recordings of me as a kid. And They're very good quality, I yep. just sound really squeaky. <laughs> uh, so, so, through, throughout the years, I, I've you know, I've built the studio even more and added more to it, and now it's just a proper broadcast facility, so I can do anything in here, anything, and broadcast the world. You know, I'm sat here in the UK and I'm connected to you in Australia, yeah. And um, it's amazing what we can do.
2: And f- <laughs> what is the future for you in radio? If we can go back a tiny bit to the past, I mean, because from listening to the podcast, it seems like it just ends, like one day it's just. Normal Hurstie's da- daily dose with Danny and Jojo, mm. and it's a breakfast show. And I think the last one you might have been chatting about the radio awards you'd been to in London, and it was seven pound for a beer and all of that. And oh God, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal radio show stuff, and how much it was for a G and T, and Jojo's furious, yeah. and then it's gone.
0: I was, I was very tired. I'd done. Um... You know, from doing morning radio, it can really it can really destroy you after a while. If if anyone's ever been jet lagged, you'll know the feeling. And, you know, after a few days or a few hours, you know, skip and getting yourself back into the correct body clock, um, you start to recover. But imagine feeling like that for 15 years. Mm. It really does start to take its toll on you a little bit. And it did that with me really, really, really started just to destroy me. So I, I was getting tired from that. Um, had the show run its course. Um, I don't know, really. we would probably got a bit more left in us, possibly. Um, but it was time to stop. And I knew I was going through this, so it was time to press stop on it all. And mm-hmm. I pressed stop. And, and did they know? Very, did Danny and
2: Jojo know it, that you were transitioning as yeah, well?
0: They knew. they knew. They knew a long time, for a long right. time. And I, I mean, I told them both back in probably 2003, something like that, that I was dealing with this. Wow! So... Um, <laughs> Yeah 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 so we 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 yeah as a team they'd all known that this was this was a demon that that was part of me and um I'm shocked that at how a...
2: secretive you weren't about it. I'm I'm shocked at how many people you talk to about this and for how long. Like it's mm. it's brilliant, it's amazing and yet it seems like you were so ready to talk about it 10 years ago but it, still took you that extra 10 years to do it
0: yeah I mean I, t- I told my first gov girl- in fact found this text mm-hmm. and it's from a friend of mine John and um I uh he was sending me um sending me congratulations and stuff and said he'll always be there no matter what and uh I said thank you so much and I said just out of interest how old was I when I first told you I felt like this he says I called at your house and you were wearing your mum's clothes when you are about 11 or 12 and you said you were experimenting, but told me not to tell anyone, so I didn't. Your secret was safe with me, and that must be the mid eighties. Gosh,
2: were you ever worried so I was, that anyone was yeah. going to spill your secret between another eleven-year-old kid? Who's you know that that's pretty dodgy, really, when you think about it, to leave a secret with two ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Were you ever worried that any of those people were just going to blurt it out as really in- interesting gossip?
0: Um, I think it did worry me. Yeah, I think it did. But but actually, that was part of the well, it's going to get out there eventually one day. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just decided that I would be very open and honest with people. I, I do call it honesty Tourette's. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I genuinely feel like I've got honesty Tourette's. <laughs> and for years on the air, I just blurted everything out about my life. But the I even hinted at this. I hinted at this so many times on the air. But I, I always knew that there was a there was a way to do this and there was a savvy and clever way to do this, not just blurting it out at eight fifteen on a morning. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't think that was that would have been wise. I thought it would be it would be better to 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 at least put some thought into how I was going to do this. Mm. Um but over the years, yeah, I was talking about having facials and beauty treatments and all sorts of stuff like that. So um yeah, constantly, constantly, constantly doing stuff like that on the air. Uh, and then to friends, really just being honest. And I would have these periods where I would just crash. I'd just crash. One minute I was really good, next minute I was on my ass, And that's the times where friends would say, you've lost your mojo, what's wrong? And then I would... I, I remember one time telling a girlfriend in a hotel room and I was physically shaking, physically shaking. And I, I don't know why, I remember it to this very day. It must have been about 10, 12 years ago, something like that. And I remember shaking, terrified that she was going to leave me. Mm. And, yeah, my teeth were chattering. I distinctly remember that. And she didn't leave me. And um, she helped. And uh, all of of my girlfriends have. The first one I had when I was 16 years old, the first serious one I had, 16, 17 years old, you know. Mm she she was really supportive and she was she was only 16 herself so how supportive can you be at that age but people have been amazing really does restore your faith in humanity but it's great i feel i just feel connected with the world i feel like i'm plugged in at last I feel mm. connected so um so yes yeah, so i'm very 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 blessed and very lucky and to anyone who's thinking of you know doing something like this or having a, a, an internal battle with their gender, or even in a relationship that they're you know they don't want to be in, but they're afraid of getting out of for the fear of change and what will happen, or whatever. Anyone with battling with their sexuality, it, there's proof that this is proof that you can do this and you can do it successfully. You really can. And um, you know, I, I took strength from from lots of people around me, people who would change their lives. You know, leaving a job and going to another job, and it was scary for them. But I take strength from that. I used to watch a hell of a lot of transition videos on YouTube. People transitioning from male to female, oh. female to male, and I would find those so helpful. So if anyone is transgender and they're you know they're battling with their gender, you know, just search to just search for transgender transition videos on YouTube, and oh. you'll find there's, there's so many of them on there. Didn't have and they, they are so in, Yep, they are so inspirational because they help so much. And I will make one eventually. I will. Just I'm just gathering footage and bits and pieces that's happening in my life and uh, I'm very lucky that, you know, I'm getting to do lots of really exciting stuff. So Yeah, um, and
2: there's no hurry. You know what's exciting is you don't have to change back. Like, <laughs> this is it. No, you, I don't. You know, every day now. Every day I
0: wake up in the morning and I've spoken to some of my female friends and... Uh, and uh, they've said to me, uh, I said, am I just in kind of some weird honeymoon period here? <laughs> the, the fact that, you know, I'm looking forward to getting up and putting my face on in the morning. And a lot of them, the majority, I'd say a good 70, 80% have gone, no, it's the best time of the day. That's when you have to, then once you leave the house, you have to deal with the shit of the world.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, okay. okay yeah. We can be that. really great at spending that that time alone with ourselves on ourselves. Yep. And yeah, it is exciting putting your face on, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and deciding what to wear because before I would live in jeans, T-shirt and Converse and that was my... But if I did go out, you know, if I went out on a weekend or an evening to a dinner or went out with friends, I would always make an effort how I dressed. Always. I get that off my mum. And uh, because she always... She passed away sadly last year of pancreatic cancer, but she always looked a million dollars. And she was never mutton dressed as lamb or anything like that. She Mm. always just looked... She looked... She was always in town on a weekend in four inch heels complaining that she can't stand up on them anymore because the carpet's too spongy.
2: <laughs> Did her death have anything to do with you deciding to transition?
0: Um, no, I mean, people do ask me that. They mm. think, was that the catalyst for you actually, you know, getting on this pathway? No, I I told her about this and she knew about this from, mm. from me being about 16 years old when I, I was dressed in her clothes, wow. um, as she came on from work, I, I purposely, fully, pers- purposefully dressed in her clothes, waiting for her to come back from work, and she did, and she looked at me, and um, it didn't go too well, um, she just told me to go upstairs and get changed mm-hmm. quite peacefully, and and yeah, that was that, and I was wearing one of her wigs from the 60s, but it was actually, I was really lucky because it was a human hair wig.
2: Well, it's her own fault for having such great drag around, really. Exactly. So
0: she got this human hair wig that she that was from the sixties. She'd not worn it in years, but my oh. then girlfriend she cut it into a style. My oh. first girlfriend, who I talked about earlier, yeah, um, she cut it into a style for me <laughs> and uh, put a color on it. So I used to wear that, and it looked dead good. But my mum then threw it away because I think she wanted to stop me doing what I was doing. Oh. I think she, I think she struggled with it to start with, but then over the years she got much better, and then. Um, yeah, a couple of years ago when I when I well, probably three years ago I started getting on this on this pathway to transition. Mm. Went through lots of psychotherapy and and um well you have to see a, a ton of psychiatrists to start with because they have to work out whether you're a charlatan or not. Mm-hmm. And um they soon worked out with me that what I'm saying is, you know, it's it's authentic and you know, I have battled with my gender for my entire life. And um yeah, and then I a hell of a lot of psychotherapy and stuff and talked about you know is this you know it's the right thing to do for me and uh, and then yeah it was it was time for hormones so she was she was privy to all that and she was just amazing but but sadly the silent killer which is um, pancreatic cancer got her oh. awful awful mm. and and i try to create as much awareness as i can um because it is it's awful it really is awful you don't know until it's in its um in its extreme case in its extreme stages mm. that uh, that you've got it really so um yeah it's not good not good but, you know, she went with dignity and she went with pride as well and she was strong. I must get some of that strength from my mum. Yeah. I don't know how. And that I must dignity. get some of it. Yeah, some of it. She was, a, she was a strong woman. She was a strong woman, my mother. Yeah, she was uh, – yeah, we'd battle. We, we 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 battled a hell of a lot. But you do with your parents sometimes, don't you?
2: Yeah, you do. And also you were battling a big issue and she knew about it. There must have been a lot of fear from her um, about what you were going through because it, it it's fearful to think that your child is about to walk into – um, a world that some people don't understand and some people hate you for, you know? Yeah. That would be fearful. Yeah.
0: I mean, I for, for years I was I was getting books out of my local library and stuff mm. um, because there was no internet in the 80s. And, and You know, it's hard to believe if you're 16 yeah, now there was yeah. no internet and it's not always been here and it's relatively a new thing. You know, you're talking mid-late 90s mm. when it really started to kick off and I think when I got – I was always into computers as a kid – um, but I never, we never had the internet and I must have got the internet at home probably 97, 98 uh-huh. and the, I remember going on Ask Jeeves and <laughs> <laughs> I remember searching for transgender Ask I remember that's one of the first things Ask Jeeves, do you remember that search engine? <laughs> of course I do Nothing didn't come back with much but then over time the internet started to get filled up with stuff as it has done oh, Thank God and for the internet though um, yeah, yeah, it does some. You know, there's there's a lot of negatives with it, but it's it's given me a lot, a hell of a lot of good, and and many many millions and billions of other people, it's given them the chance to to discover um, information about themselves. You know, people, other people they identify with, and 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 to to obviously find that they're not alone in this world, mm. feeling like they do. So uh, so yeah, that's one of the things I, I, one of the first things I ever searched for on, online, and uh, yeah, surprisingly, not porn.
2: But That's when go. we knew he was different, our Simon. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> going through his search engine. There's no Paul here. This is a bit odd. There's radio jingles and trans, trans what? Transgender?
2: What are you going yeah. to do next? What I mean, um, the sky's the I'm, limit, I'm, it feels like, for you.
0: Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm very lucky that there's, um, there's stuff on the table. And I was very lucky that the phone, that when I came off the air and, you know, the, Pretty much the whole industry, there was a a percentage of the industry knew about me, but I'd say, you know, 80, 90 percent didn't know and the phone didn't stop ringing, offering me work. So I was very lucky. And then I transitioned and did it very publicly because I wanted to be able to help others. In fact, it was Mike, uh, your boss and my old boss, who said to me that you could save someone's life with this and you'll never know who they are. You'll never meet them, but you could save someone's life. And I think that was really the catalyst for me to really go and do this as, as, as public as I have done and try to, if I can, help others. Um, by no means I want to be a poster girl, but if I can help others, that's great. You know, And I, if I can help others change their lives and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, but there's lots of stuff on the table. And ever since transition... The phone's still ringing. So, yeah, I'm just I'm looking at stuff and going, would that be really fun to do? Would that be good to do? There's a bit of TV stuff because I've done some TV appearances. Mm. And from the back of that, some other stuff has arrived um, from the actual appearances on those shows. So they want me to be involved. So that's kind of quite good. There's some, yeah. So let's see what happens. It's yeah. just... I, I know in this industry that things can be promised and things never appear sometimes and that's the nature of show business. But sometimes and I've found in my career that they do appear.
2: And the media loves a good story and you have, yeah, they do. you know, I mean you are such a interesting, upbeat, joyful story that I'd be very shocked if you weren't on television. And you're you nice to look at as well. We love that on television.
0: Oh, thank you. I see myself as a turd and I'm merely just rolling it in <laughs> glitter.
2: I'm rolling it in glitter, that's all I'm You'll find more info about all of our guests at michellelorry.com, as well as a place to leave questions and feedback. There's also a link there to the website of Tenzen Choyil. He is the man behind the beautiful Tibetan music you've heard throughout the podcast. Thank you to Tim Mountford and Peter Laurie for editing help, but please know that the clunkiest edits are all mine. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Nitty Gritty Committee, conversations about the guts and the glory of life. Please subscribe to get them all on iTunes and go ahead and leave us a nice review if you feel so inclined.